Hello and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Grant, this is Chris, and we're here to give advice on role-playing games, and then in the second half, make some up. How are you doing, Chris? I'm alright. I'm a little chilly. Chris and I had quite a long chat about what our intro would be today, and yeah. we have done precisely fuck all in the last yeah, week. Yeah, like we've been doing work, um, we've been playing some yeah, games, it's been yeah, nice. We, oh, we've been playing more of The Division, which we talked about last week, and we had all that fun Tom Clancy's joke stuff. We've been writing a game which we can't talk about yet, which is infuriating. But it is good, just FYI. Well, you have to take our word for it. Listen, if, if, if you want to know what we're working on, buy us a drink. <laughs> that's, that's about what it takes for me. <laughs> like an MI5 agent, an MI5 agent, we will say anything with a pint in us. Yeah, actually, you don't have to buy me a drink. Just be near me while I've had a drink. Yeah, that's all it takes. Or if I'm sober, come, come, come and be near me, and I'll tell you everything about my. Do you want? Do you want the money from my wallet? I need people near me. I work from home, and I'm very lonely. <laughs> yeah, you joke, but too real. Too real. No, it's it is hard, isn't it? It's weird working from home. It honestly is. We've got a very special episode lined up for you because eagle-eared listeners. What? Well, no, sorry, long-eared listeners. Extended eared listeners? Uh, veteran listeners will remember back in the misty heyday of our of our podcast two years ago, uh, a, uh, a reader called Turb would write in quite often. Mysterious, mysterious Turb. So it's a very special episode in that we're welcoming Turb officially back into the fold with some absolute barn door bangers of questions <laughs> that I have no idea how to answer right now. No, well, that's great. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to just, just get right out the gate and ask you a question from, from friend Turb. Okay, please do. Turb would like an RPG that combines the emotional depth of Monster Hearts with the nail-biting tension of Crufts. So, in Crufts, mm-hmm. you're, I was to say you're judged, the dog is judged. Well, you're, you're very much responsible for the dog. Yes, but like I don't think it's you that sits on the platform and gets your balls fondled. Yeah, a lasso. Yeah, well, mm, maybe that's the prize for the winner. Mm. Um, Crafts after dark. <laughs> so there's like agility challenges, and they look yeah. at how shiny your coat is, and, yeah. and obviously the, like the heat you from good, your genitalia good, is important yeah, in some way. If you've got good teeth, uh, the eyes, how are they doing? Um, and also, I, th- I also think like how closely you uh, you re- you resemble your dad. Yes, is an important one. And then and then his dad, how closely you resemble a previous dad, now, which isn't which is frowned upon in human athletics. Yes, <laughs> if you're identical to your father. <laughs> Congratulations, you've been upgraded to gold. <laughs> we just found out who your dad is. Actually, that's that's a bit real. <laughs> that's, that's fairly real. Especially at high school level, I think maybe there's some... <laughs> yeah. So, there's only one other event that I can think of where you're judged on all of these things simultaneously. Balls, dexterity, ancestry. Mm-hmm. Go on. And that is the television show Drag Race. I suppose so. Go on. I've never seen it, Chris. I've only seen a, a couple of episodes, but mm. athletics is honestly wearing some of the outfits. Yeah, like just like the heels alone, like they're stupendous. I've never seen a drag queen not walk with purpose. No, they do look like they're about to kill someone. Yeah, and so um, maybe Which that I maybe that comes partially. from the, maybe that comes from the shoes. Maybe it's kind of like you can't <laughs> quite you can't just sort of amble or just sort of meander in six inch platforms. You're just sort of falling forwards, and your legs are racing to keep up. You have you have to you have to understand where you're going and what you're about. Yes, that is very true, and, and which like, I believe you, is the tagline for RuPaul's Drag Race. There's n- you're not going to do like any casual walking. You're only going to walk when you have to. Yeah, for sure. And I figure like you probably got a set of sensible heels or pumps if you're just doing the bingo. Sweet kicks. Yeah, and so you're thinking the emotional depth comes from the fact that they're humans rather than dogs. I was I was going to go the cheap route, honestly, and just say we dress up dogs a bit more. I see. I'm thinking we what we do is we bung it was we bung those six inch heels and enormous hair, hairdos mm-hmm. on a Pomeranian, mm. and it the the emotional depth part, the monster heart 
bit comes right. from the emotional ties to owner and okay. that you can rely upon to get you through the trials. Do you know much about Monster Hearts, Chris? None. Okay. So I've never main, heard of it. The, you have heard of it. The main, the main thing in Monster Hearts is the move turn someone on. Yes, yes. I was getting to that. Yeah, because that's that's what worries me. Because you haven't remo- you haven't excised the dogs, and in fact, you've added in more humans. No, I'm I'm and you've dressed keeping, the dogs up like humans. I'm certainly keeping both in my next section. Sex moves, right? Now, dogs are also not known for their clandestine fucking. They they they're so public. They have a style named after them. Exactly. Like mm. that's. That's some amount of, of, of presence you have there. Mm. And I think that through, essentially, political dogfucking, <laughs> like, like Game of Thrones, but with pooches, <laughs> okay, these dressed-up dogs can win crafts. I see. So, so the dog has to sort of sleep its way to the top. Yes. With other dogs. I feel I should just mention Oh, that. right. I see. Okay, not with the judges. If you're not sleeping with the judges, how are you using your your um, sex to gain power? Um, drugging their tea. After. Wait, no, I've got so that builds up your ex bar. <laughs> <laughs> it builds up your super bar. Right. Uh, whenever you have a sex with sex with another dog, and then you come out on stage. <laughs> Sorry, choking on an apple. <laughs> a full. <laughs> Unbitten apple lodged in your tiny spaniel throat, uh, and die. Uh, no, you come out. You've got you've got your platforms on. I'd love to see a dog on platforms. That would look interesting because they mm-hmm. don't have very wide feet. The dog they have they have four of them, so it's going to be interesting to just just to work out from a from a space wise. They come out and then you then then they do whatever it is they need to do to launch their special attack. At which point they transform into a dog man dressed as a woman. Okay, like a limit break. Like a limit break, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like Goofy in drag. <laughs> Powered by dog sex. Well, how else are you going to power it? Can we move on? <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to make this work. I'm trying to save this. It's so difficult to combine monster hearts with anything. I think we should back away from the dog fucking angle. You don't play the dogs. The dog is an aspect of your character. You play a dog trainer. Uh, it is about the uh, the tensions between you are you're exhibiting with these people. So obviously they share an interest with you, and you're really excited to like to talk to, to talk about dog stuff with them. However, they are also your rivals in that their dogs are trying to be better than yours. So there's the tension there. But also you want to fuck the person, the trainer. The per- right? Yeah, the person. Okay, because. I, I, because because you're interested in the same things, and okay. they are they are so good at making the dog go through the hoop and over the little ladder that you just you just want to you want to <laughs> please them in any way you can. Yeah, there's a wee seesaw. I love uh, that seesaw. I think that's I think I think that's it. In that in that we literally just we make monster hearts. We remove the monster part of it uh, and replace that with dog based powers you have based on your dog. So like you have you have different abilities if you own a basset. Yes. That's a lot better than my dog sex one, isn't it? It's certainly sellable. Well, I mean, well, actually, 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 yeah, you know what? You know what? Given that I write games about you pretend, like you pretend to be animals, and then you get up to hijinks, there is a certain time, there's a certain, like, there's a half life of every one of my games that I release that has an animal in it, where the furry community pick it up. <laughs> and it's great getting the furry bump on Twitter yeah. because you guarantee like 30, 40 retweets people being like oh I like dressing up as a cartoon goat and wanking <laughs> this is the game just for me hey 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 okay actually sorry that was that was that was anti-furry I'm sorry I don't you have fun dress up do do, do, do what you want to be be who you want to be wank how you want to wank have the best fun you can. I think it's great that they that they're a bunch of sex positive, cool people hanging out, dressing up in cool costumes, and rubbing against each other or not. Do you think they have crafts? Well, so few of them are dogs. Well, I mean, like a, like a, a, a an event show. There's pony of, shows. Of animals. 
I think pony shows are a different thing, though. Yeah, I think so, yes. That's not dressing up as a horse. That's wearing horse-themed accoutrements. Yeah, that's fulfilling the role of a horse. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I don't I, I imagine they have, like, they probably have some sort of, you know, parade. I guess. And like and like everyone everyone come and come and look at the costume, but I think it might be weird because at that because like as you, this this is I'm getting well out of my fucking comfort zone here, my, my <laughs> Chris. Uh, but I think it's it it would be a bit like because it's so tied up with your personality and who you are as a person. The idea of that your persona is this suit that you have and you you wear it to feel more comfortable. I think having a contest as who 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 has the best one might be a bit judgmental. Yeah, who has the best personality? Who here is the most gay? <laughs> who here is the best at singing? We're that going, works. That's that's fine. That, that's fine. That's okay. That's not a problem. Uh, it is. It is. It's maybe a bit tricky to have like a craft style thing. Uh, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure they have like talent shows and stuff. Juggling in that. Yeah, and it's like I, like it's got to be incredibly difficult to do anything when you're dressed as a cartoon goat or what have you. That's so true. manual like, dexterity has got to be low. You got like you have at least got big fluffy hands. Mm. I'm trying to imagine a fairy with human hands, and it's really upsetting. Me. You've got, you have at the least got big fluffy hands, and so doing anything like normally is gonna, it's, it's gonna be like a like a plus fifteen modifier to difficulty. So cool, you know, be yeah. be your best you. Fuck whatever you want to fuck. Juggle whilst you've got wolf hands on, but for the love of God, do not, do not dress up as a goat and then leave off the hoof parts. No, I don't want to see your hands. I don't want to see your normal naked human hands when you're hundred percent or zero percent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't need to become a goat. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like of yeah. the costume, baby. You got to go all in. <laughs> all or nothing. Would you like another turb question that I'm sure you could definitely answer? Except if it's your butt. If your butt's hanging out like one of those, um, like like you've got onesie pajamas that are going buttoned <laughs> at the back. That's fine. That's cute. Go on, Chris. Yes, ask me a question. Okay, I'm going to need to actually brace myself for this one. <clears throat> this is also from Turb. Turb is a big Fiona Apple fan. Can the hearty dice friends please make... When the pawn hits the conflict, he thinks like a king what he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight and he'll win the whole thing for he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand. Remember that depth is the greatest of heights. And so if you know where you stand, then you know where, you, where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know that you're right. The game. Thinking like a Pendragon hack. <laughs> <laughs> is Pendragon our default game? It's the it's the funniest game. It is the funniest game because it's I think Pendragon, a game of knightly chivalry and forming lineages and different rules for swords. I, I presume uh, is so far away from what we write. Yeah. So Im- importantly, for those of you who aren't big Fiona Apple fans, that was an album title. Yeah. She likes a she likes a good long title on an album, does Fiona? She, she does, and um, I didn't I didn't know much about this album title, so I looked it up on Pitchfork, mm. which is the most dismissive website I have ever read. Well, why do you say that? Well, it it described this album as simply a ploy for attention. Mm. And that is just, that is damning. <laughs> yes, it's simply a ploy for attention. <laughs> I simply can't. Um, to try and learn more about this. And and Terp, 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 Terp. How do you think we're going to make a game out of that, Terp? I think Terp just wanted us, wanted us to read the whole thing. I think so. So hang on, let's, let's, let's just take a quick look, a quick look at let's, this. Let's break this down. I reckon you could divide this up into ten separate parts and make an Apocalypse World System move. A single move. <laughs> a, sing, a single move. Yes, Chris, we're that good. Yes. <laughs> So, um, uh, hold your own hand is a move. When the pawn hits is a move. Depth is the greatest of heights is a move. So I, I think this is somebody just really getting used to their telekinetic powers. What? I think this is a story just beginning to get used to their <laughs> telekinetic powers, right? So <laughs> when, the pawn, when the pawn hits the conflict, he thinks like a king. What well, he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight. Uh-huh. Right, take that as one section. 
Right, sure. He, with, he, so, so we're already like he thinks like a king. Yeah. Right. Bear with me here. Uh, he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. Oh, okay. So he's or they are going into a telekinetic thunderdome. And people are messing with things like gravity, like depth is the greatest of heights. Can I guess and this? Yes, of course. It's Siren. I see. So so you're being hunted by people who are messing with the fundamental rules of depth is the greatest of heights, etc. But you have the capacity to... Uh, there's no body to batter because your mind is your might. Because you are you are effectively a brain wizard. So you're, be, so you're they can, being and hunted. And they can only hurt your brain. Well, they can also hurt your body. But okay. your mind but is your no body. to batter. Well, you're also a ghost. Oh. Oh. Mm. Mm. Are, are, we, are we thinking maybe Dreamlands? Yes, Dreamlands. Something like that? Like Dreamlands fits. Dreamlands fits this nightmare fuck sentence. <laughs> I think the thing that offends me the most is that halfway through this, there's the word, well, three quarters of the way through this, there's the word cuz. <laughs> C-U-Z. And it it just irks me something fierce. Maybe it scans better. Maybe I th- because if you put in because you know that you'll know that you're right. Yeah, because you'll know that you're right. Yeah. So you see, I mean, she she is a poet. We've got to trust her in that one. Yeah. Um, I think I, I quite like the idea that you are that you're in this weird dreamscape and you're being hunted. Uh, maybe you've got like alternate realities or different realities meshing together. Uh, you have and and what what you have to do is uh, you have to you have to try and stay stay grounded in who you are. So you have a number of anchors which which connect to fundamental truths about yourself. And the difficulty is not being uh, changed or coming undone in that way as you as you use your psychic might and are assaulted by psychic might to win the day. Okay, can I can I just put that in, in different terms? Please, it was terrible. This is a fight between the Green Lantern and Freddy Krueger. Could you put it in other different terms? I cannot. No, those those are the defining terms of this album. Very well, go on. So the Green Lantern fights with the power of imagination. And Freddy Krueger controls dreams. Mm-hmm. So what you've got essentially is you've got two mages trying to overlay different <laughs> levels of reality over each other. <laughs> To try and become dominant in that weird dream space. I see. And staying grounded is like a stat as to how much you can remain in your version of reality and not be affected by theirs. Yeah, you play facets of Fiona Apple's personality. All played by John Cusack. <laughs> John or Joan? Um, yes. Good. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a remake of Multiplicity, except everyone is John Cusack or Fiona Apple. But she's wearing a, she's wearing one of those cut out John Cusack masks, so it's very hard to tell. <laughs> and a too big coat, <laughs> <laughs> because John Cusack is always in a too big coat. I think I think there's there's not enough Dream World games. I think I should like to see some more things where reality's weird and fucked around the edges. Yeah, and it's just so nice as a GM just being able to go. Mm, you fall downstairs. What stairs? Oh, Mister But I think also like it's it's tricky because. It's not narratively satisfying. Dreams themselves aren't satisfying. Yep. Um, there is that. There is they aren't. They don't follow the same rules as day to day shit. And I think that we have built a system out of games which follows the same rules as stories, as opposed to dreams. And I think trying to exist in that in, in that in that dream space can be quite frustrating for a group. Yeah, especially when you don't know you because because you don't know the rules, mm. you can't plan. There are no rules. No, that's just infuriating. I've got a question for you, Chris. Ask it. Chloe M. writes in, What sort of questions would a game show-themed dungeon ask its contestants? I think it would start, the the game show host comes out of the front door and goes, Dare you enter? My magical realm. And you have to... You have to actually say yes. Otherwise you literally can't get in, no. Simon says the dungeon. (laughs) Yes. But like, yeah, ask you a question. You have to answer. It's a game show. Okay, I like the idea that you'd that you'd have you'd have a game show themed dungeon. So it would be like, I mean, you've got to pick one of the classics. I'm figuring either Price is Right or um, Blockbuster. Block, oh, Blockbuster would be, would be real because I, I I was going to make a joke about Bullseye. Oh, I was um, going to do Hexcrawl Blockbuster. Yeah, that's actually really good. Plus, plus you get Bob Holness. 
greatest of men. <laughs> and, and, and the original James Bond. What? Not a joke. He was the first person to play James Bond. It was in a radio play. Oh, really? Yeah, Robert That's Holness. amazing. Yeah, it's great. So the, little little Bobby Holness is there, uh, and he's and he's asking you. And it's not it's not like it's not the sort of cheesy American uh, uh, roll up roll up to the carnival of praises sort of thing. It's it's Bob Holness asking you questions that, that are very straightforward. From an index card, we've we've written this for seventeen year olds. It's blockbuster. <laughs> it was. It was. It was mainly students with lucky bears, from what I can remember. It was. It was a very. They did all have totems. Very, I did. I did like the luck totems, and not enough. Were they shamans? Uh, well, presumably, if they had totems, they, 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 if they had totemic objects. I don't see enough of um, really easy quiz games with no particular. What's the word? Theme. Aside from the fact that everyone gets to have a giggle when they say, "I'd like a pee, please, Bob." Yeah, and also like. Take the stakes out of game shows. Yeah. Oh, they're all too important. I don't I don't want people winning a million quid. I want them getting a toaster. Yeah. Everyone wants to be a millionaire. What if they what if they went to Butlins or something? Yeah, because then you just guess. You'd have a good go and it would be funny. What if going on Crystal Maze was enough of a prize, really? It is. Oh. It were good enough for my dad. What if, like Nightmare, the prize was never really revealed because no one really won? <laughs> and those that won were taken. The prize is, you will not be eaten by a dragon. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool, I guess. Thanks, Trigger. I give you the gift of life. <laughs> you look down and Trigger's been holding a gun under the table this whole time. <laughs> and he, Walk he, away, child. He, he gently squeezes the trigger a little bit, lowers the hammer and puts the gun away. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that awful little imp see, thing behind you with a spade. See you next week. <laughs> Play again, adventurer. <laughs> it would have been enough to remember that I had a gun. The uh, anyway, so you are in you are in a game show themed dungeon. So so imagine this: so the block the blockbuster hex crawl is fucking inspired, Chris. That's brilliant. I think there's actually a dungeon in that. Like quite aside from just yeah. silly jokes. Now. What we do. I will also note that the first half of this podcast has also been the game design half of this podcast. So the second game design half of this podcast is going to be quite similar. <laughs> There's been some bleed. There's been some bleed. Um, while you're fighting an orc or mm-hmm. a goblin or a skeleton, I prefer skeletons. You're fighting a skeleton, uh, and it's three skeletons stuck together in a very tall human centipede style oh, thing. No, no legs, that sort of thing. Swinging around, it's got a bunch of axes. You're like, gonna gonna parry it. But the, the the ghost of Bob Hol no, sorry. Bob Holness's giant face appears on the ceiling. Mm, just like stretching the stone. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I was imagining it was a projection, but I like this sort of Yeah. Well, and I, like, like when they put lycra on a wall and mm. have a monster try and get through the wall. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, from, yeah, film, yeah. from films. Yeah. Uh, or like like the sexy tablecloths you can get, the skin tight tablecloths made out of lycra. <laughs> I do own sexy tablecloths. Mm. Um, Bob Holness's face appears, and he's like, to re-roll that missed hit, simply answer this question. Or, to gain plus five damage, simply answer this question. And you have Name to do a it. a noble gas. <laughs> Boron. And you have to... <laughs> is that noble? I don't think so. I don't... <laughs> I would have gone Argon, which is a noble gas. Yeah, okay. Um, Argon, Neon, Freon... Beyond, Sion, Dion, Eon, Celine, Celine Dion. Yep, she's one. She's one. If you if you squeeze her, the, the, whatever comes out won't react. <laughs> and is also a duke. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the idea that that um that Celine Dion has been has been possessed by space royalty. <laughs> <laughs> the king and, of Beetlejuice. And that's how she can make those noises. Well, singing. Well, no, but that's not quite what she does, is it? No, that's very true. It's, it's it's somehow more and less than singing. It is somewhere left of singing. It's not enjoyable to listen to, but it's much harder. <laughs> There's a lot more effort involved. I think the idea of, of having dungeon trivia. So you 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 have this fight, and then you have the capacity to have a trivia question, which will which will aid you. And if you get it wrong, then it will hurt you. 
and maybe like you could you could choose to double dare reverse it and hand it over to the other team and then like they get more they get more bonuses if they answer it right that sort of thing mm. so i think i think there's some fun to be had there on that subject fun house dungeon crawl there's prizes to be won fun for everyone and and then there's a bit with go-karts yes well i think that was how you won the prizes <laughs> it was heavily employed that was instrumental that uh, gave you time uh, to, yes. to get into the funhouse mm. to acquire the prizes, which were just like tags in a ball pit. Yeah, and then you traded them for like game consoles and stuff, I seem to recall. And hoops. Like, like a boat. It was, the game consoles is a bit advanced. It was things like hoops I don't think or you, Action Man. You didn't win hoops in an Action Man. It was 1993. Yeah, it wasn't game consoles. <laughs> like the big prize was a, was a small TV. Yeah, I don't believe that there was a hoop, though. <laughs> I don't know what kids play with. Ah, let's, let's see what you could have won. Oh, it's some porridge. <laughs> ah, it's a half cracker. It's a drawer full of gruel. This is what Pat Sharp sounds like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Hi, I'm Pat Sharp, and my hair goes up and down at the back. That is that is exactly Pat Sharp. Thank you very much. Um, do you do have the monsters in in a, in in the blockbuster dungeon get asked questions as well? Uh, the monsters are all Bob Holness, and yes, <laughs> Bob. Do I know? <laughs> just a load of winks. <laughs> she says yes. That's correct, Bob. You do know do the know answer. This. Move three forward, or whatever the rules were in blockbuster. Critical hit. I I think I think that, like it's tricky because like. When you, one of the problems in role-playing games is when you do social challenges, you have to be good at talking, but you can be a paraplegic and do just as well at combat as everyone else. Yeah. Uh, you have to actually pretend that you know what you're talking about and how to talk to people. So I think that maybe bringing in a trivia round might make the game less fun if that was permanent. But I think like having, like maybe, maybe on your third dungeon, if you had a weird lich who was obsessed with riddles... The weird lich, just, Bob Holness. Yeah, and and like like you return home after the dungeon, you get you get into the tavern and you sit mm. down, and there's Bob again, doing the pub quiz. Mm. You've never left the dungeon. Mm. All the chairs are Bob Holness. <laughs> All the drinks, Bob Holness. You look dead into your glass, and there's a lycra-faced Bob Holness coming up from the bottom. <laughs> 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 It will never stop asking you questions. Even in your dreams. Freddy Krueger walks walks towards you, pulls off his mask, and it's, it's Bob Holness again. <laughs> your dreams are Bob Holness. I think I think that I think that uh, a, a hex crawl around the theme of Blockbuster would be it would be a great little jape for certain for people of a certain age from a certain I country. Think that would be a pretty good one shot. Just our age from our country. Yeah. But we're our age from our country. Who boy? Blockbuster existed in America and places like that as well. Well, it wasn't quite stylish enough for for America. It wasn't Bob. There was no giant wheel. No, no one, no one <laughs> came which on the down. The losers were broken. <laughs> Every single game show in America has a giant wheel. Sometimes it isn't on on set. <laughs> Jeopardy has a giant wheel that rolls around. Alex Trebek is there trying to stop it. That's what he does when he's not on camera. He's just constantly running. It's like Sisyphus. <laughs> That's why he's so fucking moody all the time. He's worried where that wheel's going while he's trying to record. Chris, ask me the last question, please. Jay Wash asks, How do you determine when a game you're writing is done? I have a game which is nearly complete for about six months. How do I put the final nails in its coffin and send it out the door? And what are those nails? Love your work. Keep it up. Keep nailing those coffins. <laughs> Keep sealing away the dead. Jay, I'm I'm concerned about the way in which you're framing. Your um like don't call it about nailing I I, I think that if if you're framing your game as putting nails in its coffin, that's very much a bad thing you're describing. Whereas you want you want to pull all the nails out of your coffin and then let the vampire out, which is a game. Let the vampire out. It's a great game. It's like pop-up pirate. <laughs> you just have to pull nails out of a coffin. Yeah, and you pull out the wrong one and you get bit. I mean, presumably it's the last one. It is a bit samey. It is a bit 
it's not it's a lot. It's more of, of a one and done kind of thing. It's, you know. it's more of an experience than a game. It's, it's a really long winded version of those cans with spring snakes in them. There's not, there's not a vampire in here, is there? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> take, take this claw hammer. Why? Mm-hmm. Fun. <laughs> You'll notice it says beans on it. Not vampire. <laughs> it says peanuts on it. <laughs> Would you like a peanut? I keep them in this giant coffin. <laughs> Fetch the crowbar. <laughs> because you'd have, to, you'd have to take it somewhere for it to be a proper surprise. <laughs> So to drag it into the bar and put it on the table. And it's oh. like every couple of minutes it's just like jumping a little bit. As the vampire that you've nailed inside not its coffin. A coffin. You have to be like <coughs> No, I was coughing. Sometimes it sounds like a coffin chopping, but that's because of the name. Anyway, would anyone like a peanut from my giant novelty gothic coffin? I've got edamame beans in uh, in a in a large container i've got wasabi peas <laughs> i have non-potato crisps in here <laughs> beetroot and turnip god i'm always disappointed by non-potato crisps but like, you've worked it out right? okay terrible's a strong word but you've worked it out potatoes better yeah. for these things roasted beetroot for sure but don't don't cut it up slim and put it in a bag don't try and tell me it's healthy either. No. No, you fried that in oil. It's not healthy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know when a game is complete when I've filled up the whole page. <laughs> uh, I have, I it's have like an A4. your homework as a kid. I, yeah, basically. I have an A4 page I have to fill for every game. And when that's full, generally the game is finished. If it's not full, um, either I need to get Chris to write a D10 table, or... Draw a big picture. Or draw a big picture of a dragon having a giggle. Uh, let's, let's, let's look, shall we, at the larger game. Well, I guess when the 300th page is finished, you're done. <laughs> so, so it's page count, is that all you, it is? You, so you, you pick a number of pages that have to exist beforehand and write until that many pages are full. That's not true. No, it's not true at all. Because quite often we're constantly going, this is a lot of pages. We are, like... When we hit the end of every book we write, we are very, we very much like it's it's exciting and frustrating to not be able to copy it into into a document because it's too big to load. Yes, yeah. When when Google Docs starts to crash, yeah. Oh, oh, I can't. Oh, boys, you've written too many words about elves. Oh, my back. Oh, I'm so tired. Poor Google. Give me back Google Inbox and maybe we'll talk. Download me. Um, I assume that's what it's like. Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky. You know, it depends on the game. Like, j- joking aside, from the one page one uh, on the one page games, I I I try to have a a you need a concept. You need you, you need a means for the game to function. You need enough there to provide a player choice. You need to have a like to provide a fun experience, and. Uh, Shit, I don't know. It's, it's it's more just a feeling, I think, at this point than anything we can sort of equate. I, I don't think I can name the coffins. I mean, name the nails. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's been nearly complete for about six months... That's done. That's done. Yeah, that's done, buddy. That sounds like fear to me. Put down the full stop. Mm-hmm. End it. I mean, release it. Like, nothing else. T- t- shoot it. <laughs> like, like a horse that failed to jump. Mm, like like a horse with a gummy leg, put a bullet yeah. through its head. Now, and I th- I think also so like there's there's a real there's a real nervousness. I certainly felt it when I, when I when I was first working around this uh, was that I didn't know when a game was ready to be released because it's like what well, is it good enough? Is it finished enough? Is it big enough to impress people? And so like if you look at one last job and Warrior Poet and like the first games that I put out when I was sort of getting started, they're about 30, 40 pages long, and they don't need to be. But no. I was like, I'd write a bunch of ex- of extra content or things. Oh, I had I had some kind of ideas, and they're not, they're not required to make the game run. But I think these ideas are fun, and fundamentally, that is every role playing game. Uh, the more fun ideas you put in, the longer a role playing game is, and you can mm-hmm. crop you can crop pretty much every game down to I'm going to say about seven pages. Well, I mean, what Spire's combat rules are two pages. Yeah, and one of those is a drawing. Yeah. Yeah, it's one well, we don't have special rules for combat. So th- no, but like, that's what I mean. Like, 
But also, we didn't pile stuff on. No. When it wasn't needed for for what we were doing for the the project. And and you can and like and piling stuff on is a is a business model that worked pretty well for Dungeons and Dragons in, in the three point five era. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a game system built entirely around piling stuff on, and it did quite well. But I think when when it's playable, when it's readable, what what I would recommend is you show it to a trusted friend, uh, someone who you like. Uh, and if not, if if not that, then pay an editor, or pay or or pay someone like to, to consult on it, and get in touch and say, hey there, is this is this releasable? Is this viable? Will this function? Can I put this out? Do you think there's anything missing from this game? And pick someone who obviously knows about role playing games and shit. And then if they say yes, then go for it. Put it out because you can always release another edition. You can always uh, put out splat books and addendums, and then you can start on the next one. Yeah, and get that sweet cash. Because <laughs> honestly, the next one's going to be better than the one you're making now. Yeah, Daddy needs himself some new space marines. Oh yeah, also, also you'll improve as a creator. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's that's the key. I was trying to trying to get out here while you just went real mercenary with it. New space marines. <laughs> sweet, sweet plastic minis. These ones are taller than the old ones. I gotta have them. Oh boy. Hoodley. Right. Hope that helps, Jay Wash. Shall we move on to the next section, Chris? Let's next section it up, shall we? We actually have a theme tune. We do. This bit. Um, kind reader. Devilfish? Was it Devilfish who did it? I want to say Silverfish, but it is Devilfish 101. Yeah, Devilfish 101 um, put a song in. Uh, he actually submitted three songs. Uh, I'm going to put in one of those now, and Chris and I are going to pretend we just listened to it, okay? Okay. Did you ever want a game to exist? What a great jingle that was. What a honking pile of... Oh, okay. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I thought I just assumed you picked the wrong one. <laughs> They're all good. Yeah, they are all good. One of them, one of them was metal, which I mm. I don't get. No. However... it was technically good. Oh, it's better than the metal I did. Yes. And then it, it, it involved a guitar. <laughs> it did. I and it wasn't about Goofy being on a sexual criminal's register. No. So, welcome to the game design section of the podcast. We are hot... Hot, young, dangerous game designers ready to fuck up your status quo. Edgy Mavericks. Why don't we take a look at what the beautiful people on Twitter have suggested for us and see if we can just you know, just hash some games out of it, yeah, maybe? May I go first? Oh, you may. Uh, this one comes from JP, and it's called Mothbusters. Okay. Now, what I'm envisioning here is mm-hmm. not a Ghostbusters-style team... Is it a Mythbusters style team? No. Oh. No, it is a single person in their house at about 2am. Right. Uh, but no, no, not in their house. In their great-grandmother's house. Mmm, Moth City. And there is a big, no, no, one big moth. <laughs> How big? Like dog-sized? <laughs> as big as a man. He prophesies the, the breaking of the bridges. It's got a knife. Uh, no, it's just a big moth. It's making a lot of noise, and you're really scared it's going to get on your face in some way. Yeah, and it's going to leave that weird dust on your face. Right. That weird moth dust. So, what this is, is it's a combat game about collateral damage. Oh, interesting. As you are, like, roll up a newspaper, get a shoe, whatever, and you're going to kill, you're going to kill the fucking moth. You're mm-hmm. going, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. But how many vases have to break before you actually get it? I have an idea for the mechanics of this game. So your character sheet is is you 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 have a series you have a series of concentric circles mm-hmm. on your character sheet. Uh, maybe even your character sheet is circular for for indie points. And then you have in the center nothing written. And then as you get further out in these concentric circles and the areas be- become bigger, you write down more and more important things that you've attached memories to in your grandmother's house. <laughs> And then, Grandfather's ashes. Yeah, grandfather. Then when you when you roll the d20, you have to get it in the middle of the bit of paper. And if it, hit numerically. And hit numerically. So if you hit numerically, but it ends up it looks like it looks like we're looks like we're redecorating with granddad. <laughs> looks like granddad's taking this afterlife. El fresco. And then when you finally kill the damn moth, 
mm-hmm. you smash it it's dead and there is a perfect replica of the moth high up on a wall where you can't quite reach it to clean and that's the end game that's what well, that's new game plus yep <laughs> you you have to you, you put your you put your um character sheet on the ceiling and have to throw <laughs> just buckets of water uh, right honourable Bison Sexhorn writes in Operation Desert Fuck Are you trying to fuck a desert or fuck in a desert? I like the idea that you have to work out how to make love to a desert Okay That, that, you, that you play a series of um, So it's near future Alternate universe You are um, full spectrum druids mm-hmm. So you are you know, you've, got, you've got all your tech up you've got, you've got all your spec ops gear on You've got the Goggles and shit, whatever, you know, you're Sam Fisher. But also you have a big long beard and a staff that squirrels live in. And you have to and you have to go and reinvigorate the desert mm-hmm. by you kinda of have to fuck it. <laughs> do you do you have to woo the desert? Yeah, 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 for sure. Because like because the desert is a is a harsh mistress, and if you just start pounding away on a dune, um <laughs> you'll get you'll get um you'll get sandblasted to, to, to hell and back. Yeah, and that sand will get in you. That'll, yeah, I mean it's sentient, so it can go where it wants. So you can. What you have to do is you and your and your team, sorry, your squad have to form a relationship with the desert. Um, and it turns out the desert is just a really big person. So you have to use like like summoning Sirocco winds for sexy massage. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like or like maybe having like like some antelope gracefully um, pound across it, <laughs> if that's what it's into, you know. And then, and then eventually, um, you. It went, just seems like putting a live rat on a human. And the, well, it's a desert, man. It's like it's got. Also, some people are into that. And you eventually, uh, you enter the cave of wonders, um, and <laughs> found uh, the lamp. And and well, well, kind of. Except you, uh, you have an orgy in a cave. <laughs> and the desert then springs to new life. God, I'm just going to ask an important question right now. Please don't. <laughs> no, I think this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, these druids, yes, they, they're not in the desert to reinvigorate it. Very they? sexy, these druids. I'm sure. Um, are they just looking for a nice place for an orgy? They've, no, they've had some peyote. <laughs> I mean, they're druids, man. Are they can, just can, outside can. Reno? The entire thing takes place at Burning Man. <laughs> No, okay. So I think it would be it would be an it would be an erotic novel, an erotic visual novel. Okay. About about um, you trying to date different aspects of the desert, and so like you're going in there into this harsh territory. The desert puts forth different elements of it. So like maybe you've got like you've got the the scouring desert, and then you've got um, the uh, like when it rains, the fertile desert, an oasis, the, an oasis, or like or like the, like the banks of the Nile. That sort of thing, and you've got uh, you you have you have the the lonely desert who's well Sundere. <laughs> and how does that manifest, pray tell? Um, uh, gin, <laughs> spirits, <laughs> ifrits, that sort of thing. And so and so you go and chat to these people, and then also like the members of your squad are like, "Hey, do you want to do me behind this June?" And you're like, and you're like, "I guess so, maybe." Um, but then, like, will the desert become jealous, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So it's like it's it's a lot like um, you know, like your standard Japanese visual novel, except yep. what you're dating is the desert, and then like and like maybe you've got one end which is good, and like and you bring life back to the desert, and then one end you got which is bad, but you rule a a dry kingdom of dust alongside your beautiful king, that sort of thing. So I think that had a surprising amount of legs. I cannot fault you on that. That was not an easy go. I'll, I'll also I'll be honest with you. I didn't know what, it, what I was doing when I came into it. <laughs> no, that I'm fully aware of. Uh, <laughs> but I think you did surprisingly well there. I think that's actually a, an interesting game. Now I don't think we can have an episode title which is Operation Desert Fuck. Desert Intercourse. It has to. The no, man, you can't change the title. That's. Um, g- give me a suggestion, please. Uh, Kent Blue says Salamander Sleepover. Now I am very much envisioning. A variant on the floor is lava. Okay, the participants are lava. Yeah, just, but so essentially, what you have, what's happened is, you're having a sleepover. Am I a salamander? No. Okay, I'm just me. You are just you. Okay. You're very young. 
Are my friends are here? friends around. You've got like sleeping bags, whatnot. Exactly. You've just seen a scary film and you're is, all hopped up on sugar. Is Gavin here? Yeah, he is. Ugh. Oh come on, you know you know his dad's in prison. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't make, it doesn't make him any, any easier to deal with. No, I know, but like his mum needs some time. I think right? I, I think I think he was I think he, I think he was going through my mum's stuff. Honestly, yeah, he was. Yeah, he steals. Yeah. Anyway, go on. He just he takes weird things like socks. Yeah, like one sock, Gavin. We know mm. what you're doing with it. Yeah, we didn't. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. So there's a salamander, is there? Well, no. The window's open, and thousands of flaming salamanders. <laughs> um, just, just so many, so many flaming mythical salamanders. Oh God, no. Um, but the the thing you'll note about a salamander is they're not very tall. No, they're more long than tall. Exactly. So they 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 seethe and roil over the floor, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that the sofa is safe. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's the floor is lava. It's the floor. It's literally just the floor is lava. But mythical salamanders. But don't piss off the floor. Yeah, it's like zombies ate my neighbours crossed with the floor is lava. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, move ahead here and uh, put in one of put in Ben Campion's suggestion, which I which I like very much. The only way to stop a terrible menace from destroying the planet is to beat their best at a test of skill, an alien sport you have no idea how to play whatsoever. Enter the Clog Dome. Two teams enter, seven teams leave somehow. <laughs> is this Mornington Crescent with fights? Basically, yeah. You see, like it kind of excites me in this way because it is perfect for a one-page RPG. In that all the RPG is is you so like you'd have four stats so you know quick tough nice smart whatever and quick, tough nice and clog clog <laughs> everyone starts with a zero in cl- oh man it's like Cthulhu knowledge <laughs> it's, it's mythos knowledge yeah. everyone starts with a zero in clog and the more you learn about clog the less you understand reality <laughs> about quick yeah <laughs> what is quick shh clog is quick. Uh, but you have you have you have you have your basic stats for doing any any given sport, right? And then you have a random table that you build a sport out of. The GM rolls on it, and then you you walk into the clog dome, and there are say a an uneven number of pits, of of a variety of sticks and balls, and nine like, hoops, nine hoops. Four of which are hovering, and a dog a chained to a post in the middle. Yeah, tiger's there. That's that's bad. Yeah, tiger chained to a post in the middle. No, the tiger is on one of the teams. It's, it's... oh yeah, so so yes, one team is a tiger. The dog is the umpire. Yeah, and you <laughs> and after thirteen overs, you change sides. <laughs> you pause for tea, and I quite like the idea that you that like you might to. To a to 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 ease the uh, the stress in the GM, you'd build a random generator for what for whatever the fuck clog is, mm-hmm. and it would it would generate and it, it would have when the players walk in the the area, this is what they see, this is how they win the game. Go. They handed a hockey stick and a branding iron. Yeah, hockey stick, a branding iron, and a gun, and they have to try and work out by watching the enemy team or by trying to um, like find some sort of brochure which is also I, written in Alien the only thing I fear with the watching is. the enemy team is it's a bit passive okay you'd have to disrupt the enemy team there we go or just Can, have a go like yeah. what happens if I throw a ball through a hoop minus 14 points in fact actually sorry you know what you get a practice round so a warm up so you get a warm up you get 45 minutes of real of real time to fuck about in the clog dome and, and see what makes the counter go up. Now, you don't know whether you want the counter to go up or not. This might be like golf. However, once you've done that, then the game starts. I love it. That's quite... It's quite charming, I think. I think it, like, I think it might make a better um, online game. Or like 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 uh, like 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 a better puzzle game. I think that could be kind of a fun like like you know, like you know there's the sort of little um, we've programmed it with two and a half people. It has lovely music and yeah. uh, and it's some sort of rotating puzzle, that sort of thing. But the puzzle would be how do you score a goal? <laughs> and you look at their Steam stats and it's like four hundred hours played. <laughs> goal scored one. Yes. 
brackets <laughs> innings own. complete two. Yeah, I think I think there's there's something kind of fun about about trying to understand what the hell Clog is, and also every time you start it, it would it would be different. Yeah, well, there's there's something to be said in in all games like tabletop games and video games and all the different medias mm-hmm. about learning a completely new language. Yeah. That has these weird familiar references, but they just don't make sense anymore. Mm. Um, like when you're like when you're watching old cartoons and you can see which item is going to move because it's a different color to the background, it's slightly different quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But until you've seen that a couple of times and learnt that rule, you don't you don't notice it as much. There is something kind of fun with that, yeah. Um, and like and like games do it as well. Like a lot of the like Mike Bithell platformers and things. Yeah, it's only by testing the fact that oh, this character can jump. What yeah. does that mean? I can do now. Yeah, and so having the capacity to try and to try and work this out towards a goal that you can't quite fathom. Yeah, I like the idea of something much farther reaching where you don't know what the endpoint is, mm. and you've got to fathom that via the bizarre rules that you slowly learn. And you're trying to save the world. For surezies. I really like this. I think I think like we've we've maybe had too many good ideas. Do you have any ones you want to sort of knock over quickly, <laughs> like a ram raid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like we did get a lot of really wonderful ones. Like one one that I'd have liked to explore um, in a little more detail was from Martin, the actual wizard, mm-hmm. which is Project Wizbiz, where Wizbiz is an acronym. I'm trying to work out what the acronym Wizbiz stands for. Also, can it be said in this voice? Wizbiz. Project Wizbiz. I like to imagine that, that it is said by a 1970s style rotary computer. <laughs> like a punch card, sort of. Yeah, 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 that's, that, that sort of thing. Um, uh, welcome to Project Wizbiz. You'll be hunting and or sleeping with wizards all across Saint-Tropez. Is that or it's just like crushingly mundane? So there's a there's there's been an a natural apocalypse, mm-hmm. and all this is is just it's just the future robots who took over. It's just women in zoos, blokes in zoos. <laughs> um, and it's just about putting men in men and women in zoos. Is it a remake of Panda Romancer, our first game? <laughs> Possibly yes. <laughs> Where you have to. <laughs> all the pandas had changed to scared naked humans. And all of the audiences, which were humans, are now unblinking red-eyed bots. Mm. Red-eyed robots. And you have to make these environments standard enough for the humans to fuck. <laughs> Put in an HMV that's closing down. That... That'll, remi- <laughs> that'll remind them of the end of, end of civilization. <laughs> Just occasionally tell them their government doesn't really know what it's doing. Peel a banana, put it in plastic, and put it in their enclosure. <laughs> oh, this is getting me really horny. It's it's working, boys. <laughs> They'll fuck soon. Things are going to get real juicy in there. <laughs> I don't think we can make this. No. This like does there are a few ethical concerns about the fact? Yeah. Well, the humans as animals thing. Uh, the fact that we're trying to get humans to fuck. Uh, it's fine if... Look, it was already difficult when it was pandas. Yeah. I was just struggling for an acronym. All right. Chris, Chris it was beautiful. I love it very much. <laughs> Never changed. Do you understand me? I, I, would, I would love to play this game, but I certainly can't put my name on it. <laughs> that's, that's very fair. Yeah, if somebody else did it, we'd, we'd, we'd have a quiet game around the bike sheds. How about mm-hmm. Anomalisons do not ask about the spiders? I like the idea that this is a this is a uh, job interview. <laughs> the back wall seething and writhing, and you have to roll to not mention the spiders. On a partial success, you have to sort of indicate the spiders are there. Yeah, yeah, you have to show that you're clearly aware of the spiders. And like, and like, you might make a noise like, um, uh, the uh, okay, but like, on a failure, you ask about the spiders. Mm-hmm. And I think you've maybe got like 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 a broader idea of like don't ask about the tiger, don't ask about the lack of a floor, don't ask about the fact this interview takes place in an elevator. Don't ask about the fact the interviewer is having sex during the interview. Don't ask about the chairman. <laughs> don't ask about the shadows. 
and we are we are veering off into Night Vale territory. <laughs> Hainway writes in helicopter parents who can get their kid into Harvard. Now I think this was an attempt at biting satire. It's just whoever has their highest credit rating. Yeah, no. Well, you see, that's that's one that's one challenge. The other challenge is you're a helicopter, and you, your your child is legitimately going to Harvard, mm-hmm. but they're late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're late. There are five children in the game. This, this is a board game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are five teens who need to get into Harvard. There's only one spot remaining, and they're all late for it. So you need to airlift your child into the actual building of Harvard itself. Defeating the other helicopters. Yes, bumping into Presumably them. Presumably killing the children. Well, I guess, like, you'd, ha- you'd have to swing it so your child hurt them more than it got hurt. Oh, okay, and, and neither child got whipped up into the blades. That is very much, a, like, a lost state. That is, that is also, like, 60% of all roles end in that. I think, I think it's going to come down to Enter the Clog Dome or Operation Desert Fuck. I don't know, man. Whizbiz. As I said, I, I, I do. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. How do you think we could get our names off this, but still release it? <laughs> Just don't put our names on it. But, well, but then one would buy it. We, like, we need to set up some sort of cool splinter studio. Some sort of front, like Hearty Dice Friends North, <laughs> or sickly card enemies. Sickly card nemeses. Sickly card nemeses. Hello, it's us. We wrote a game about humans fucking. It's called Project Whizbiz. Wait, hang on. Chris, it's not even our idea, is it? Oh, we just look up whose idea it was. We did say. Oh, let's double check. Where is it? Martin the actual wizard. (laughs) Yeah. Have a fun time getting a job, Martin. You wrote a game about. (laughs) You wrote a game about (laughs) robots forcing humans to fuck. You monster. Ah, ah, you know what, sorry. Not forcing. Encouraging. Yeah, enthusiastically encouraging. You have to to try and make a... So I I will say, actually, there's something quite charming about the idea of not, like, fucking. Like, not... It's it's not a porn zoo. It's not an an erotic zoo. No, those those are few and far between. But I like... (laughs) You've just got to go to Mexico for that. What What I like the idea of is... You are you play robots and you have to try and rebuild humanity, but you've only got conservationists. Yeah, like 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 humanity conservationists, and so you only have a rough idea of what it is humans liked. You you've just managed to clone some. (laughs) Well, from the title, women in zoos, blokes in zoos, it seems like the only piece of surviving human literature is a copy of Nuts magazine. (laughs) Just because of the word blokes. (laughs) Yeah, I think. I think that you've got you've got a lot of interesting. So, so like you start off with one. So you start off with a copy of nuts or or, or zoo, zoo, zoo or firm. Oh, there's not a firm anymore, is there? Well, I don't believe there's a there's a zoo anymore, or even a nuts. Oh, really? I yes. That no they shut down uh, zoo with a terribly sad photo shoot where all the women wore black lingerie <laughs> and they had really they had really somber faces, just weeping in graveyards. Lucy Pinder with a very thick veil and no other clothes on. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but I, I quite like the idea of having having like a bit like a bit like an alpha complex in paranoia of having a misunderstanding of what it is humans are like and only getting like basic ideas. So it would be like it'd be like running civilization, except you'd start in reverse and you'd only get like a sixth of the information. Yes. But still, the but still the all the talent trees, all the um, yeah, advanced but trees. it's it's unlocked almost at random, and like you yeah. discovered batteries, you don't know what they go in. <laughs> you, like they seem important because they'd say when they weren't included. You, you start mixing into your previous uh, unlock oatmeal. Are, you, are humans scared of batteries? Is that why when they when they made a thing for small humans, they'd say, "Don't worry, batteries aren't included. There's no batteries in here." Maybe maybe we can set up a ring of batteries to keep to keep the humans out of the danger areas. Do they do, do they need batteries while they sleep to recharge them for the day? Do they eat batteries? No. 
It turns out no. We need some what more humans. If I do pierce a battery. I'd really like. I'd also like the, 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 this to be on like like a huge mech warrior style controller, and you've got a big red button which just says "more humans." And you'd push it, and some more humans would drop in. Like fresh horses. Fresh horses. Yes. The the game is Project Whizbiz. We're removing the sex angle. We are we are going to see if we can repopulate humanity with only only the barest understanding of what Mickey Mouse was. <laughs> of what a Mickey Mouse is. Thank you for listening to High Dose, friends. This has been an episode. What are we number? 103? 104? Around that number. I want to say 103. Around that number. We love you. You are wonderful. If you like this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends. Give us some cash. Come enjoy the Discord. Listen to some exclusive episodes. Exclusive. Exclusive. Come into our very important person area. I was going to say come into our very private area, but... Um, Please don't. Yeah, you might need to give a little bit more for that. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast, and you can do a third thing. Email us. Yeah, you can email us. You can email us at highdicefriend.gmail.com if you've got a big old beefy question which you want us to answer. Thank you so much for listening. We are head over heels in love with you for all the kindnesses your ears have performed to our podcast and we will follow you from here to hell and back. Good night and remember, just talk to them. Just talk to them. Bye. Bye. Bye.